Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Yanni, and we review just a few uh, uh, random topical issues that I have been kind of thinking about would be neat to dive in with her once again. My wife, Yanni, um, has a, a pretty interesting story. She's from Cuba, and for whatever reason, I'm fascinated for the sake of the podcast with kind of diving into her experiences with socialism, and that's pretty much what today's episode consists of. If you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please give my sponsors the opportunity to earn some of your business. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined once again by my lovely wife, Yanni. Yanni, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Do you like how I introduce you? I always say my lovely wife, Yanni. Do you like that? Yes. Is that a sweet way for me to introduce you? Yes, it makes me happy. Okay. Uh, of course, um, your perspective coming from socialist Cuba to the United States and then me having a platform with the political podcast in large part uh, provides for some interesting angles and conversations, right? Yes. Um, so I, I think it's pretty interesting to see some changes in you since I've met you uh, just a few years ago. Um, and then to learn even more on occasion, you know, about your experience growing up, your first, what, what was it? Your first 26 years of your life, you were in Cuba. Yes. Um, 1987. 1987 to 2014. Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, very fascinating process. One of the, the things I've seen you kind of turn on and what I mean by turn is you've had certain stances and to your credit, you are willing to 
on occasion, completely flip the other way. Yeah. Um, one of them is public schools. Right. When I, I remember some of the first political conversations we had, you said to me with such conviction that no matter how wealthy you were, you would never send your kids to a private school. Do you remember saying that? Yes. Well, you know, it's like Okay, so that's okay. I'm not I'm not trying never. I'm not trying to um you know, reprimand you or anything along those lines. Of course, I grew up in a very different situation, so I mean, I I'm not being critical at all. However, it is very fascinating, right? To see the the evolution. So, um you you said you would not. Could you describe to the listeners what happened? Why did you say that originally? Well, I said that originally because I thought that, you know, public schools were just fine. You know, not like perfect, but fine. Until, you know, I started like looking at my daughter's homework and it kind of pretty much reminded me of like there was like an agenda. Mm -hmm. Um so I, honestly, I think it all started with uh, Jordan Peterson book. So you read tw- Twelve Rules for Life, the Jordan Peterson book. Yeah, and I had a bunch of questions to myself about what I have known. Okay. And, um, so so one of the things was like, what what your children learn in that in that age it's so so important. And, and that, that was prompted for you to, to know that because of the Jordan Peterson book? He mentions specifically that? Yeah. There's a chapter completely, I can't remember, I think it's chapter five. It's just on children, on how, you know, educate your children. and um, <clears throat> I think that's what questioned the way that I was educating my daughter. Okay. And I became more conscious of what I'm doing right now and my impact, uh, it might have an impact on her life later. And then that brought me to like, oh God. So they're teaching her the same that I learned in Cuba that I escaped from, basically, with a different, you know, of course, like we know they're not going to say they're teaching them critical race theory. Yeah, no no, no. high school or middle yeah. school ever comes out and right. says, we're teaching you critical race theory. No, they're teaching them those concepts, but with a different focus. Kind of okay. very smart. So kind of like little hints of socialism. Could you be a little more specific? Um, what similarities did you see, let's just call it what it is, between the Jefferson County public school system and what you experienced in Cuba? What similarities did you see? I think one of the things that kind of like scared me the most were like they were trying to teach Carla that they were trying to demonize a side, a side. For example, Carla had assignments where they were trying to say a statement like the police is racist. Okay. The police, if if a cop stops a white person or a black person, like there's more probability of a white or brown person to be stopped, uh, I mean pulled over, than a white person. Okay. And and do you disagree with that? I disagree with them. I mean, if you're doing something wrong, you're probably gonna get stopped anyway. 
Okay. No matter how col what color do you have. And also attitude matters a lot. If you're not respectful and all that, of course you're going to get, you know, in trouble. Um, but anyways, this just, so I thought like, well, in Cuba, they demonize the side. I don't like that. Where they said the Yankees, the Americans. They taught you that in school that Americans were bad. Yeah. Americans are selfish, evil. They only care about power. Um, they destroy all the countries on their own, own events. And I get it. Uh, the United States government have sucked in the past, helping a bunch of um, dictatorships in South America and all that. Mm -hmm. I get that. But um, it's definitely better than a dictatorship like we had. Mm -hmm. And and there's a I think I, I don't I don't think any answer is very it's sim simple. Okay. So if if you're s trying to simplify something and say uh US government it's evil and that's it that's the end of the story. Just the fact that you're saying that is completely wrong because there's good sides and bad sides to everything. Okay. And for them to teach my daughter that the cops are evil and racist for me is just completely wrong, because of course there's gonna be cops that are evil. I get it, but there's not all of them. So for them to to teach my daughter about that, and also make him feel like he's a victim, right? She's brown, so therefore she's gonna get. Yeah, so it's, and also she got a bunch of assignments, very weird, it was all about race. Um, one of the things that also make me worry is like Carla, academics for me are very important because her first, her first language is not English. Okay. Same as me. So my writing sucks. Her, and it, your writing in English sucks. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I finished college and all that, and I'm fine, I mean, but like academically is not good okay so i want carla to be able to communicate well um in english and spanish and i remember carla submitting assignments to them and then to the public schools to the pul i mean her class teachers and they she would they would grade her as an a um always a's and i kept like well, I know, I mean, I believe in my daughter. I know she can get good grades. But I, I got to a point where, like, can I see the work that you did? Can I see it? I mean, I, you got an A. I want to see it. And she would say something like, well, they never returned it. So I'm like, so what do you know? I mean, like, grammatically, what do you did right or wrong? Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. How are you growing as a writer if yes. they don't give you any feedback? Yes. If there's not feedback... That's not learning. Okay. Because that's not true that Carla is going to write 100% right. Do you know what I mean? You cannot be learning if you don't get it, if, if you don't make mistakes. Okay. So then I was like, wait a second. I mean, what the heck? So that's one another thing. Like, I wanted Carla to be challenged. Um, and they weren't challenging her. So I wonder why that is. Well, one of the things is that they get a lot of money from the government for those students. So it's good for them to get all those students to get AIDS. Mm. So that's more of a priority than it is to actually teach, teach their kids. For their kids, to, their students to actually yeah. improve. I think one time we Googled it and it was like $11,000 they get for each student. Per year. Per year. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm paying about $15,000 for Carlos. Uh, 
school? Private Switched school. over to a Catholic so it's school. It's really not very far away from that. Mm-hmm. Except that I wasn't paying it, but the tax dollar, people's dollars, you know, you and me and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And, and so you think the private school thus far, I know it's very early, and we don't even need to specify which private school she's in, but she's a sophomore at a Catholic school, a large Catholic school for girls in Louisville. And thus far, it seems like they are at least a little bit different than the the public schools. In what way? Well, they're better at, first of all, the ratio. Uh, Students, teacher, it's less. Okay. So the ratio from from this school is like nine to one. Mm -hmm. The ratio in Carla's school was about uh, 20 to 25 to one. Okay. So, th- so these teachers are more focused on the students. Um, also, they have a lot of programs like counseling that actually work, and it's not like something they have there that actually doesn't, they don't actually use it or make the students use it. I don't know if you understand. but <clears throat> So they have programs at the, the Catholic school? Counseling, advising. Okay. Yeah. They're also, she also like is learning a lot about church and that also makes me happy because there are values that i really appreciate like honesty and you know working hard and you know and and whether whether you like it or not they're based on the bible and also western societies are based on by bible so i want my daughter to learn those um values because i think they're they're valuable in life and whether you believe it or not, I think I grew up with those values after my mom became Christian, and that kind of pulled me away from socialism. Okay. So I kind of see a good thing on on um, Christian values. Interesting. So um, kind of like the opposite to socialism. They don't go along. If you're a socialist, you're definitely not going to be um promoter. You're not going to be... As big into like the Catholic Church, no. maybe okay. Catholic Church, Christian Church, whatever church, just Christian Christianity and socialism go like pulling each other different ways. So, if I'm hearing you correctly, and if I've heard you correctly, um, you are a, a fan of like a traditional household, traditional values, mm-hmm. and you don't feel that socialists and even left leaning teachers and left leaning public school administrators in the United States, you don't think that side of things, you don't think they value that as much? Am I hearing you correctly? Yes. I think, well, there's another thing that was in public school. My daughter was concerned about things that I did not care about. What do you mean? So she was like learning about all these type of genders. Mm-hmm. And I, I do understand. Does that mean you hate transgender people? No, that doesn't mean that. I honestly I have a bunch of friends there. You know, they have their sexual orientation. I don't have anything against them. But I do not want my daughter to learn that just now. She has a lot of things to learn about. There are more, I feel like, are more important to her future. That for her to learn the thousand definitions of what somebody wants to be called because... You know, they wants to be called one thing today, and then 10 days later, they wants to be called that, and they want everybody to know about it. And it's just, my daughter needs to learn English, needs to learn math, needs to learn history, and she don't need to be learning about all different thousands of def- definitions about gender identity. Mm-hmm. And also, 
it was not only that, but also like suicide stuff. They touch a lot about suicide. They make they normalize it in the public school. They talk about it, and that concerned me a lot. Because <laughs> my daughter came to me talking about that stuff, and I was like, "Why are they teaching my daughter about this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like teaching her about life. Don't teach her about suicide." And like I, I get it that people should talk about it, but that's not a way to talk about it because they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to approach those topics with kids that age. Do you feel it's it's as, be careful. as simple as black and white when it comes to religious, more toward politically the right, and then uh, secular, mm-hmm. more toward politically on the left, more toward the right is goodness, more toward the left is evil. Um, Do you feel it's that simple? No. Okay. I don't think anything in this world is that simple. But uh, there's there's a lot of like I I see a connection between between left and um like pulling away from God. Okay. Or and not only God or any form of religion. Let's say Muslim. Okay. Okay. Or let's say, what other type of religion? Judaism. Yes. So any type of religion. It's more like focused on what is good for everybody. Hmm. So it kind of like, it just doesn't go along with any religion. Okay. But I grew up Christian, so Mm -hmm. that's the one that I know the most. But I'm pretty sure that it also goes against other religions' um, bases. Right. For example, right now in China, uh, the western, western, I think southwestern part of China, I think, is where the Uyghurs are. Yeah. And they're Muslim. And right. so the, the Chinese Communist Party is sending them all to these, supposedly sending these to the, these re-education camps. Yeah. And uh, we know what re-education is. Everybody knows. What is it? <laughs> Brainwashing. Okay. Yeah, and the reason I ask, uh, you know, obvious questions where you may scoff at them is, is because you're going to be like, oh, I know. But a lot of people don't know this even, stuff. Even the definition of re-education, just think about the concept. Think about what it means. Re-education, what does that even mean? You learned, you were re-educated <laughs> to a degree. You were educated within the communist school system for the first 26 years yeah. of your life in Cuba. And then you have been re-educated with people like... Jordan Peterson and what other... I don't think I've been re-educated because I wasn't forced to. I myself, Brad, I, I myself, through reflection, got there. Okay. Re-educated, and I feel like it's when someone tried to... They force you. They force you to change your, your way of thinking. I don't think it would be like yourself based on reflection. Uh, I don't think. I might be wrong. But okay. Not by your... Not by the definition in this specific instance. Yeah. In your opinion. Okay, what you read Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. You've actually read that twice now. Well, I started learning it twice and then I gave the book to you so you can read it. Yep. But I went to half I I'm rereading it and I went till half the book. So when you finish I'll come back to read the second half and then finish it again. So that will be my second time reading it. Okay. Uh what other books have you read recently? That you've enjoyed? Mm, which one I read be- before that? I can't remember. 
you're reading the second, an antidote to chaos. It's the second Jordan yeah, I'm Peterson. Yeah, re- I'm reading Beyond Order. Beyond Order, an antidote to chaos, which is Jordan Peterson's kind of follow-up book to 12 Rules for Life, yes. right? Yes. Oh, before that, I read uh, Crime and Punishment by Dobsoyevsky. Okay. That's the one I read before that. Per Jordan Peterson's recommendation. That's right. From the first time I read the book, 12 Rules mm-hmm. of Life. And I read Dobsoyevsky in Cuba. I read The Brothers Karamazov. And I read... You read The Brothers what? Brother Karamazov. I think it's, that's what it's called. It's just two brothers. One is very Christian. The other one is not. And there's like a lot of discrepancy there. Like, it's more like symbolically. Uh, okay. Yeah. Crime and Punishment. Could you give a summary to the listeners? What, why did you read it? What, what's the summary of the book? And is it relevant to today? And is it important? What, what, what's up with Crime and Punishment well, by Do- Dostoyevsky? When you ask me about a, a summary, it would be very difficult for me. Okay. you know, this is not my language. I can try. You can try. Please try. All right. I so. think everyone listening knows this is not your language. And so any, any effort you make would be appreciated. Okay. So, so there's a, a, a protagonist. Is that a word? Sure. Okay. So this guy, it's becoming very nihilist. Okay. Okay. Where he just quit his school and then he just don't want more dogma in his life. He's not doing well. Uh, so he sees this lady who he's borrowed money because he's like... So he borrowed money from this lady. He's struggling a lot uh, mentally, emotionally, and financially. Okay. So he comes to this lady, and this lady is pretty evil. She's like a lady that, what is it called, like a pawn? Prostitute? No, a pawn, like you, you, you a borrow pawn. money. Oh, kind of like a pawn shop. Yes. So this lady is very old, and then she like just let people borrow money from her, and then when they don't pay, she applies an interest, da-da-da-da, and then He's, he started seeing this lady as she's very evil Kay. because she is using people's, um, you know, they're struggling and stuff. Kind of a bourgeois. Yeah, kind of a bourgeois. Or I, can't I can say that. But you know, Bur- the, the burgues. Mean, burgues. I know I'm Say it in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. The, yeah when, when you're unsure, you can default to saying things in Spanish. Okay. So then he started rationalizing. Murdering this lady. Okay. Based on that, he had borrowed money from her, and then he started justifying in his head that maybe he was going to murder. She's evil because she does that to several people who are struggling because they're not doing well. Okay, I can see that pawn shops. That is what pawn shops do. They take poor people, or even those cash advance loan places. They're like, Mm -hmm. "Hey, are you completely broke? We will let you borrow money for a week and charge you a ridiculous interest rate." And then you can pay us back, but you have to give us a 25% right. interest right. or something crazy. So he, he started rationalizing um, murdering based on this person exploitation. Exploitation, okay. Exploitation. And um, so that's where he get lost. That's where he get lost because he, it's, it's a long process where you're reading him thinking okay. and changing from 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 somebody who is relatively sane to completely insane, who completely thinks that killing this person is the solution to bring a better world. Okay. 
and 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 like you're reading you kind of like think oh god yeah this lady is evil but does she deserve to die okay so so it's like a question of life like morals and the criminal mind and i don't know it's just you pretty don't, fascinating you, you don't have to I spoil re- I the finish, book okay i finished this book i brought the book to to work and then i was walking to my car and i ended like reading the book inside the car <laughs> for about 20 minutes to finish it and it's great because at the end he, in prison he comes so to, he, d- he did kill her he i'm not gonna tell you but he he I, he comes magically he ended up he in comes he comes back to the the he 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 pulls away from nihilism back to love for uh, for existence mm, okay okay where he before didn't give it you know any didn't give a crap about his family anything he was completely nihilist you know like who you know life is not worth it da 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 to be like appreciating of i mean just to breathe i don't know it's just a fascinating book if 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 you think a lot like i do then maybe that will like you will like it okay because it's it's actually like reading his mind. It's like being in somebody's mind. I don't know. It's a it's a great book. Okay, and I would read it again, <laughs> but it's long. Uh huh. It did take you a while. I it remember. took me a while, and also I read it in English. And this is Dostoevsky. You know how long that is? That was written a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So the English that it's used in that book is like archaic. Is that a word? Archaic. Archaic. So it's like super dull. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any other recent books you have read that are, are fascinating? Hmm. You ordered a Thomas Sowell book, basically economics. Oh, I haven't yet. Oh, I thought you were. I'm sorry. No. Okay, that'll be in a couple months. Birthday. Yeah, I'm getting you that for your birthday. That's right. <laughs> um we're recording today's episode on my birthday. Yes, happy birthday. I turned 39 today, so this is what I enjoy doing. Please comply. Um, we, we watched a, so we have our, our series where we review socialist movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. So that gives us endless, how many of those have we watched? Probably 50. Oh, a lot. That gives us endless uh, supply of conversation material. We even watch socialist movie, actually. like. Which one? Not, not much. You don't let us watch much. Well, but we have. What? Like, we watched that Russian movie. Remember, there's like a few people running a, running down the stairs and there's a baby. 1900. Oh, we watched the, uh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a movie that was made by the Soviet Union, actually. Mm-hmm. Comrade X. I don't remember what's the name. Battleship Potemkin. Yes. Battleship Potemkin from 1925. Where there... It was propaganda for the Russian Revolution. Very... very you, since you start watching the movie, you know what the agenda of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating. Also, we watched 1900, which is a movie with Robert De Niro uh, from oh ni- 1976. Don't watch that movie, please. It's, 19, it's, a, uh, it's disgusting. It is. And it's got some fucked up, a few incidences of pedophilia. Yeah, they're trying to, like... Uh, pictures 
fascists. Uh, they're really painting the, the right. Pedophiles, is, is, pretty much. Yeah. But it's fascinating to learn what the stereotypes are for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't exposed to the indoctrination that you were. Mm-hmm. So for me to learn about the stereotypes of people on the right is fascinating. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't know. And and to be fair with you, like it, it is true that some there's probably some people that are being in the right like that. The oh, same yeah. way that they're being on the left. You mean like pedophiles and things oh, like that? Oh, my God, they're everywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're right or left. It's just a person. De- Dennis Hastert was the Speaker of the House as a Republican. Did you know about this guy? No. Dennis Hastert was the Speaker of the House, still alive, um, from, let's see, from you know, this is 95 through 99. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm sorry, 99 through 2007. And, oh, whoops, got busted. He was a high school wrestling coach, too, on the side. Oh, huge pedophile. Oh, my God. Had just been molesting all these boys for many, many years. Oh. Dennis Hastert, Republican. Oh. So, yes, it certainly exists on I the mean, right. I mean, everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't so, matter. So, really. it, it, it's, it's not to say that it's a right, man. that's not a right or a left thing. And going yeah. too far to the right, obviously, can be a bad thing. Any government that controls people and suppresses yes. people is this bad. is one of the things I'm reading in this book. In what book? And uh, Beyond Order. Okay. He talks about how conservative gets stuck and left it, you know, it's pretty much a, a path to chaos if you if you don't bring some conservatism into it. So so Could you repeat that? Conservatives get stuck? They, they get stuck because you have to use new knowledge to change what you have known in order to um better things sometimes okay. if you get stuck with the same ways to do things and you don't open yourself to knowledge at some point things are going to change and you don't want to you don't want to change then then you're going to get stuck okay do you, you see what i'm saying that makes sense okay i'm a big fan of the the concept so let's say you that have it, that you the have, right and the left are both you have evil. a company very successful company that's been using a method for th- 30 years and then, you know, things change all the time right now. Um, I don't know. Payroll goes through electronic. I don't know. Stuff just change. And then you're like, well, I've been successful for 30 years. I'm not going to change anything. But then all the companies are changing, but you're not. You're too conservative. You don't want cha- to add anything new okay. to it. Then you basically at some point collapse. And the other way is, like, if you're too left, like, too opened, mm-hmm. then you're always changing too mm, much. Okay. And it's so radical that you can't keep a pattern, so then you also collapse. That makes sense. So you have to have a balance between the two of them. Certainly makes sense. And if you go too much to the left or too much to the right, that's, that's when things go bad. And that's not even referring like, specifically to the, the government right now is too much left, and then see what is with the see what is happening. A lot of people would say the government's too to the too much to the right, though. Uh, yeah, and they they haven't done great either. So it's it's wild because people who are on the left politically living in the United States, I mean the true lefties, not the milk toast Democrats. I mean a true lefty mm-hmm. would say that the government has went further and further to the right. The United States government has went that's, further. That's just stupid because 
uh, that couldn't be a, I mean, but what spending? It, yeah, spending. Spending so much. Historically. Giving so much free, free handouts, that's not very conservative. Mm-hmm. But what is the right, I mean, what does the right mean? I don't know. Yeah, so that's the question. So I, I agree. Big, but do you big mean government right, is like the, the right of like right to be right or No, the the political right. What does that mean? Oh. Okay. It's more like being conservative. Okay, but keeping c- the same values. Keeping the same values, okay. But, but does that, that involve small government? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, so no, it doesn't. Is the historically yeah. accurate answer? No, it doesn't. They so grow and grow. They and just call it's basically socialism. They just call it something else. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's, Donald Trump criticized Joe Biden mm-hmm. when he was giving out the stimulus checks. He said, "Ha! If I was still in office, I, I would have given. I would have given out so bigger. I would have given out bigger checks." Yeah. And then you have to think that the people who it, support if, Donald Trump were like, <laughs> "Hey, uh, wait a second here. We're the." Sm- we're small government type, Donald. What the yeah, fuck are, are you, you talking? Yeah, why are giving more money <laughs> when we're so much in debt? We're trying to support a smaller government, Donald. Right. Hey, uh, you got a little carried away there. It's almost like he was trying to be uh, go along with. He just wants. He's a populist. The rhetoric. Of he, the rhetoric. Yeah, he wants to just go along with whatever's popular at the moment. Yeah, that's and what that's Donald very Trump. Hypocritical. That's not being conservative. It's not being principled. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Crime and Punishment was fascinating. Of course, you're a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. Yes. What do you like so much about Jordan Peterson? Oh, oh I I'm sorry. Say, yep. One thing is, when I was in Cuba, I was very ingrained. Ingrained? Yep. You had okay. it ingrained. To, to read a lot of uh, socialist literature. Mm-hmm. And one, one uh, author that I read a lot it was uh, Leon Tolstoy. Okay. Okay. So... Reading Le- Leon Tolstoy and then reading now Dobsoyevsky's like completely pulling, completely opposite of Tolstoy. Opposite, and I'm gonna use a very fancy word that I learned the other day. Was like a di- dichotomy. 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 Okay. okay. So I I probably didn't use it right, but anyways, it's just like two different things, like learning. Tolstoy in Cuba and Dostoevsky in America. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Tolstoy, in some ways, is is considered to be a, an anarchist. So I actually read. I believe he killed himself. Is that right? Let's see. I don't remember, but I read Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. Um, which one? I can't remember. He died of pneumonia. Pneumonia. Okay, never mind. Anna Karenina was the the character that killed himself. She just threw herself in front of a train. So I read this long, long book, and at the end, she just threw herself in front of the train. Mm-hmm. I, I recently read The Anarchist Handbook by Michael Malice, which is 22 different anarchist thinkers throughout history and their essays. So 22 different essays. And I read... Uh, uh, an excerpt from Leo Tolstoy, which is, you know, interesting. Oh, interesting yeah. to see a little bit of it. I need to go back and re-listen. And, and, so uh, was he an anarchist or a socialist? That's a good question. What's the difference? Hmm. Oh, that's another one that you don't I, like me call- I read. The Death of Ivan Eilish. I read that one. Okay. You don't like me calling myself an anarchist, do you? 
Well, I respect it. Did I like it? No. Why don't you like it? Why don't you like it? I think the more, like, anarchy goes a little, you know, I think think in two ways. I think in chaos and I think in order. Okay. And I think order has more probabilities for you to be safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And chaos, if you bring too much into into your life, it turns out crazy. And I would agree with that. And I don't and think anarchy, anarchy is, by my definition, has no order. I think it's it's avoiding well, a... Well, you said ma- no government at all, no police, and it's just Correct. trust that the no, human no, being... No, 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 no. I never said no police. the human being is so, so good... <laughs> are you, mock- if, are you if, mocking me? If without law, would it be... So capable of doing the good. That's not what I without said. Without anybody said enforcing never, it. Never Believe s- me, if you think that, you are very naive. I never said that. And I never said I don't want police. Okay. I don't want government police. Okay, you want just be like it was years and years ago. I would like to have little city polices, maybe association police, uh, uh, private security, different associations people can be a part of, things like that. I would like everything to be privatized. Accountability. I like that too. I don't like the fat cat system we have now where some, now, some fuckhead who, who gets appointed by the president gets to run. You don't have to. You don't have to subscribe to the police. You can if you want, though. If you want security, you can join a, you know, if you are proven as an individual to be relatively insurable, let's say, or credible, and you're not a high risk for some association, let's imagine I make my own Kelly's uh, um, security, okay? okay? Come join Kelly's security. It'll cover you and your, everyone who lives in your house for $248 a month. You have to be credible. We're going to run a background check. And if you are deemed to be credible, what that means is you're not always calling, saying you have domestic violence at your house. You're not calling the police because you, you got into a fist fight with your wife. Shit, I, I wouldn't want to insure you if you did that. So I have my own private security system. Also, if your house catches on fire, you call us. We'll be there faster than the government fire department would. We'll, we'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do that. You can get services from us if you want. That's just an example. So what I'm so saying is the say, private but, market but can come they, in. So, so for example, what, what will happen if you actually have like stuff going on that you can't avoid? Like a uh, husband is beating the wife and then the wife tries to call? Yeah. Then the, the Kelly's uh, uh, security would have to react, would have to. No, 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 no. What I mean, like when you run in background, you find that somebody has some stuff going Sorry, on. we don't want to do business with you. Good luck getting someone else to cover you. Okay. Your house catches on fire every three years. <laughs> Why would we insure that? Hmm. That type of thing. So that's, that's just a, an that example. That almost sounds like, uh, what is it called? Medicare? Medicare is not voluntary. No, what is it like when people, like they have to, if you have a preconditioned disease, they, they won't cover you. Mm-hmm. What is that? Pre-existing conditions, exclusions for health insurance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like that. Yep, you, but 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 if you have every three years your house catches on fire and you're always your wife's always calling and saying you beat her up and then you didn't, but the police have to go to your house all the time. You can get coverage from Joe down the street. He has his own private insurance security program. Okay, it's going to cost you more because you're a higher risk. But allow the private market to work it out. I don't need some fat fuck uh, uh, government bureaucrat uh, appointing that some dickhead police officer is able to come and enforce some shit on me that I never agreed to. Yeah. That's my whole thing. I don't need well, the government to run anything. I don't need any fuckheads from the government running anything. About like the government and stuff. Like apparently they say that 
because you're born in America, you're basically sign a social contract. Where did we hear? I, I've heard this recently, yeah, but where, this where was, are you referring to? I can't to? remember that documentary that you wanted to watch. Oh, yeah, about um, uh, anarchy. Yeah, we watched it. I think it was on The Monopoly on Violence. The Monopoly on Violence. Yeah. So we didn't sign, even if we were alive when the, uh, um, the uh, Constitution like, like, was put together. Right. How many people actually agreed to the Constitution? Like, the crazy thing is, like, the other day I heard, like, if you, if you don't send your kid to school, you're going to prison. Like, you actually have to either teach him in home or, mm -hmm. like, they're my kids. What if I just want to educate them and I just want to give them a bunch of books to read? And mm -hmm. that's it. That was going to be their education. Be fine by me. But do you know what happens? I think they have to actually follow an, an agenda. Who does? You, the government. They, they have to follow an agenda if you, for, for home education. They do. That's the reality of yes. the United States. So if you, if you, if you don't want to educate your kids in 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 a school then you can educate them home but you have to follow the agenda and you also have to get these kids to take standard tests which are completely stupid mm -hmm. kentucky has that more on a more restrictive basis than indiana does is what i've been told so it's still on a state-by-state -state basis but yes i'm an anarchist now the majority of anarchists out there are socialist anarchists yeah. Okay, I, I understand that. But Murray Rothbard and there's others, uh, um, David Friedman, you know, guys like that. There are other uh, anarchists who are not socialists at all. Because if you think about it, socialism, every time it's ever been attempted, is the opposite of anarchy. It makes a huge government. It's actually more control. It controls every aspect, but it's supposedly a, a dictatorship yeah. of the proletariat. So and it's they all the government like of the people. Did you feel like the government in Cuba was you, when the government controlled you, that was, in theory, that was a, a dictatorship of the proletariat. So those government uh, employees, Yanni, who were telling you what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say, they were, in theory, that you know, was yourself in, in reality, regulating your own self. Did you agree? Do you agree with that? In reality, you don't, you don't think. What do you mean? Like, so I remember the time I started thinking about I was a person myself and I can think by myself was pretty much hmm. like almost like a few years before I left. That's an interesting concept. Because you don't think concepts, so you don't know those concepts. That makes sense, yeah. So I never thought that I could actually think what could be good or right for me because mm -hmm. everything was given mm -hmm. or not given and you couldn't say anything about it. I think that reminds me a little bit of the Bay of Pigs invasion where Kennedy ordered these ex-Cuban now citizens of the United States to go attack on the, the shores of Bay of Pigs. Mm -hmm. And then they thought everybody in Cuba yeah. was going to be like, woohoo, freedom, no. USA, USA, and just be like, libertas, and just attack the, the, the revolution. But well, those people arguably didn't even know what the fuck was no, going no, on. No, 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 no. I, I think I disagree with you. Okay, let's hear it. Back then, that was in 1961. Something like that. So the revolution was in 1959. Mm -hmm. Brainwashing wasn't still in effect. It wasn't still in effect, but the, the uh, people of Cuba had no idea what the fuck was still going on. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what was at stake. Right. They did, had not, you're right, it had not been, the brainwashing yeah, was they, not in full effect, but they didn't know that their freedom, their, their future generations, um, 
uh, of their family's uh, liberty was at stake like it truly was. Yeah. They did not know that. So people don't know what they don't know. You can't just expect, if we broke into the Uyghur camps right now, mm-hmm. let's imagine we had a big military and we're like, let's free all these Uyghurs, like a lot of interventionists think we should do. Yeah. Which is fucking insane to me. Well, Ms. Let's go into the Uyghur camps. We'll get in there and then we'll free all these Uyghurs and they'll hop in the plane with us no. and they'll come live in freedom. They, they, they'd be like, they probably don't even know how to speak, well, speak I, any language, some of them. I think socialism, Fidel Castro specifically, was very smart. He knows that misinformation is a key. And okay. when that happened, what they were telling the people was one thing. So when they send those guys, those uh, militias guys, what is it called? Yeah, militia. To Cuba, they were telling in the radio because it was nationalized radio. Ra- Help me. Radio. radio. It was nationalized radio, so you're saying it was a proper... <laughs> it was a, a, a. It was all propaganda. <coughs> Excuse me. And Q- they were just like trying to tell the people that these were Americans trying to invade Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I mean, until like I was like, we, we always had exercises in Cuba, military exercises sometimes on Sunday. That's interesting. Where they will train you to be prepared for an invasion from the United States. Okay. So I had that ingrained in my brain. And sometimes with that fireworks, um, I, I was there and I was like super scared because I thought that United States was invading Cuba. And they put that in your brain since you were very little. Back then in 1960-something, you know, they basically all the people who had businesses left. Mm-hmm. Some couldn't leave. Um, and But the people who they actually... Uh, joined the revolution pretty much where people who did not know much, did not know how to read and write, they would believe anything that anybody would tell them. They were not very educated. They didn't question anything. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, free stuff. Sure. I mean, we don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Let's just get it. Defend it. They didn't even know what they were defending. Sure. And at some point, some of I read some of those people that didn't even know what defend they were joining they they woke up and they were like oh god this is not good and then they left and some of them didn't have that time didn't have that opportunity didn't have to stay it would be difficult to be have people giving you free things Mm -hmm. and you and your buddy are talking like this free stuff is good but i think we instead should go hop on a tiny little raft and float away to the united states and everything will be better yeah. Like that sounds very abstract, really. If you try to realistically put yourselves in their shoes, mm-hmm. like what, what, why would they be so confident that we're going to do something like that? I, anytime prop, government propaganda comes into anything, I would say uh, after 9 11 in the United right. States, everybody in the United States was, yeah, let's fuck up those uh, terrorists. And then we were just bombing the shit out of these Middle Eastern right. people. And everybody in the United States was unified against who? Like, who cares? Just fucking blow blow them up. Yeah. And then we just kill all these people. And now, 20 years later, almost everyone's like, (laughs) we we got a little carried away there. I don't even know what we were all excited for. I don't, I mean, what did we do? And another thing, I think it's that people didn't think much about freedom. In Cuba. 
back then, you know, they were trying to figure out financially. Okay. And you, you can't, and this is a thing that dictatorship do very well. They have you focus on, are you going to be able to eat tonight? So you can't think about f what freedom means or, or, or the fact that you can think for yourself or, or have any opinion about anything or, or, or express your opinion about anything. I mean, why would you, I mean, I remember thinking, waking up and being like, oh my God, what am I going to cook for my daughter tonight? I wasn't thinking like, uh, I don't know, boating or thinking about my how I was feeling or like all oh, this sucks. I never thought about that. And, and you, I mean, you can't think about it, but you can't say anything and you're trained that you can't say anything. You don't, you don't even question why you can't say anything. You just don't because that's what you learn since you were little. Mm -hmm. That you just can talk about it. I remember my mom sometimes. I hope she doesn't get in trouble for this. But in my, you know, beef was illegal. But sometimes my mom would get some beef and stuff. But I couldn't say anything. And they were like, you eating fish. So I They would tell you, your parents would tell you you're eating fish. So when I went to, sc to school, I would not say I was eating beef in a home because my, my parents would get in trouble. Bunch of parents they could have went to prison for 30. for 30 years. So then you learn, you know, this stuff that it's, it's almost like it's, it's not good. It's not healthy for you to learn misconceptions since you are so little even within the united states i would say most people don't truly want extreme radical liberty like what i would say i want mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah i'm much more radical politically than the average person like i think we should be able to do whatever we want absent of you know mm -hmm. pedophilia murder yeah. you know shit like that but i don't still still with that i don't think the government should enforce any of it I don't think the government should have any authority. So, I mean, that, but I think most people in the United States are like, we need the government. They, 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 in their mind, they've convinced themselves, we need a, well, what do you think? We're going to have no government? We'll have a government. We'll have some rules and we'll, so they don't really have a radical idea of complete liberty. So mine is more extreme. Yeah. But even the liberty that we do have. I do know something is, is the more left that you go, the more control they'll have. That's what I know. Because, because, Remember that we watched that document. We're watching right now a documentary. It's called Free to Choose. And there's this guy talking about oh, re yeah. receiving cheap. What is it called? Receiving cheap. And, and, and it's like. Free to it, Choose is Milton Friedman's yes. 1980 television series. Yeah. Arguably the most famous free market economist of all time. We started watching it. So cool. Yeah. We just started watching Free to Choose, his television series. So it's like. Re receivership so is what receivership. one of the guy was describing. He's Government like, people like shit. receivership. Yeah. In order to impose whatever. But it's like, think about it. Like Spanish culture. The man is the one who works. Okay. The woman is the one who stays home, takes care of the kids. Okay. So the man is the one who provides. Sometimes, not all of them, but 90% of them cheat on their wives. And they calm. You say Spanish culture? That's what you uh, said. Hispanic. Is, okay. Hispanic. So all, People who speak you, Spanish. You think all Hispanic culture is about 90% of the men cheat? Yes. 
Okay, so so I'm just using this example. Okay. Just forget about it. I don't know how realistic it is or accurate, but it's about that. And okay. I mean, if you're honest, if you're honest, that's what you would say. If, if you want to just be naive and say, no, they don't shit. Okay, they do. Anyways, so the culture is the men provides, the women stay off, take care of the kids. Okay. So what the woman gets, the woman gets not to work, take care of the kids. She stays home. She don't have to work. She don't have to lift heavy stuff. She don't have to. She gets monetary help from his husband. But the price that she she pays, and I know this is a crazy example, but the price that she pays for that, it's her husband is not loyal to her. Okay. And she can, based on the culture, she, she can't even say anything because he's providing for her. Any any of that woman goes to the man, he's going like, well, you don't work, you know, I'm always outside, I'm all stressed out, and rah, 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 rah. And then they, they uh, rationalize their cheating based on their, the provider. Okay. So the government is the same. They're going to give you stuff in exchange for something. Don't you think anything is free? They're always going to want something in exchange. So that's my, my, my view. Of, like, if you ever get something free, question it. Why are they? Don't be so naive. You're not getting it for nothing. Oh, you're so wonderful. I'm going to give you this. And you don't have to give anything in exchange. That only happens in charities. Okay. And it, sometimes it's not even that. Fair. Okay. Makes so sense. the government does the same thing. So the more that a government promises to give to their people, the more they're going to control you. Yes, and you'll have to agree. And the left offers to give their people more than the right does. Yes, okay. they do. It's, it's, it's just what it is, right? It's That combined with the fact that the left has the market, someone that I know very well, and I love, is a little utopia, more utopian than me. We were talking about a customer service representative who works at a local business. And I said, you know, that customer service representative is not very friendly. But I think she does her job. Mm-hmm. And this utopian person that I know, it's like, oh, they should find someone who does their job and is very friendly to everyone. And I was like, well, let's relax there. That may not be as realistic. No, no, no. I have this utopian view where everyone should be so friendly to every customer and they should show up for each shift mm-hmm. and be honest and not steal and do everything and take this, this, the minimal pay they get. Yeah. And they, they, should all, they should do everything all the time. And mm-hmm. I was talking to this person who, once again, I love and is a little bit more utopian than me. Right. And I was saying, hey, I get it. I don't think that's very realistic. So sometimes if you're a business owner, you may have to hire someone to work, I don't know, the front desk may not be the friendliest, but they do their job. They show up, they're honest, they don't steal. But I think you, you have a little bit of a trade-off with certain things. Do you see, do you see the uh, I see parallel, what saying. The parallel yes. there? Okay. I see what you're saying. Some people are more utopian and they're like, no, I think the government should provide health care, free college and all this. And the people at the top of the government should not be corrupt. So that's what I'm voting for. Like, <laughs> roll your eyes. Oh, right. good, good luck with that shit. What a great track record that has. <laughs> right? I mean, that just sounds, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that does not work. Sorry to burst your bubble. And, and another thing is like, if you're, if you're a capitalist, you, you, you probably, 
always trying to find solutions. So one solution you could be doing is like, what can I do to make this person to be more nice? And be, you know, if you're the business owner, if you're the business owner, you're like, well, she shows up and I'll take that, but I can find ways for her to be more polite. And let's just face it. Money is motivation mm-hmm. and not only money, but all the ways to reward your employees. So maybe, you know, there's some of the rewards that you can give it. That person feels more happy at their job. Therefore, they do it better. Okay. So capitalist is definitely always the answer. Free markets. Yeah. Which is so cool because that's the theme of Milton Friedman's show, Free to Choose, which we're going to continue watching. Uh, Yanni, thank you very much for coming on the show. I think these conversations are always fascinating. I get great feedback on them. If someone's interested in Yanni's story, she's going to release a book. (laughs) What? Yanni's a writer. She won many uh, uh, writing contests in Cuba, right? I don't know about that. Did you win any writing contests in Cuba? I did, yeah. Okay, so you're going to write a book about your life in Cuba. Okay, that's what I said. I started working on it. I don't know if I'm going to release a book. Okay, well, I said you're going to release a book. You're like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, and then it comes out that, yes, you are. You're already working on a book. Yeah, but I don't know. You don't know what? Your life isn't worthy of a book? No, I know it is, but I don't know if I'll have time to write it. What if I die when I'm 50? Oh, yeah. We could both get hit by a bus later today and it may not be released. We get that. I think everybody listening. Okay, I'm working on it. Maybe one day. I think everybody listening is familiar with the risks we have in our everyday life. I'm writing in Spanish, though. That's okay. So you won't be able to read it. I'm doing Duolingo every day. Okay. So I will be able to. Okay. In 10 years. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Yanni, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Always appreciate you coming on. Uh, Once again, thanks to everyone tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. We will have another episode out soon. (laughs) 